this is that other sports show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's early. I'm I'm just waking up, but the energy is good because we got some good stuff to talk about. We got lots of combat sports going on. We got lots of NFL going on. We're going to try to make y'all a little money, a little cash, if you will. Mm-hmm. A little juice. A little juice, baby. It's Saturday morning, the, the day of fights, the day of... Uh, of rest if you are an NFL fan, the day of college football if you're if you're a college football guy or gal. It's World uh, Series game too. Hey, college football's getting college football's getting serious, folks. I know that we usually don't mention it a whole lot. <laughs> we'll get there. We will get there eventually. Probably more along the lines when it's college football playoff time. But like uh hey, welcome everybody to that other sports show. Saturday morning. Uh you're listening to myself, Mr. Jesse Thomas. And on the other end, my man, my homie my brother from another mother, Mr. J. Valdez. I'm very happy that uh, I just said World Series game two, and you just fucking ran right over that and kept talking about college football. There's no <laughs> reason to talk about World Series game two right now. <laughs> I mean, there was only Actually, an amazing the game, was good. game last night. It was, it was good. Game. It was amazing. It was fucking amazing fantastic. Game. Like, I was up late watching baseball. When does that happen? Not fucking often. So that that was a really good game. Jess and I just spent three minutes saying this is the itinerary for the the show. Let's stick with it. And then I immediately sidetrack it. I'm so sorry. Okay. Hey, we <laughs> could be talking where you were right because Giannis looks like he's going to be the MVP and we're like five games in or ten games in. We could talk about where we were right and we talked about the NWO Nets and they might stink. Talked about the Lakers. We said we don't want to do the over-under on them because they might stink. We were trying to go oh. under. We're trying to tell y'all. And uh, here we are. So, listen, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the hot button issues right now in MMA and combat sports. And we're also going to do the NFL juice the lines as we always do, Jess. I want to come out the gates hot. I know you've only been awake for about 10 or 15 minutes quickly, though. How is the injury? Give us an injury update. How's the nose? Oh, man, the nose is looking good, man. I'm telling you. Uh, when I, I broke my wrist, like – coming up on two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I remember my doctor told me like at one of my, my follow-ups, he's like, man, you know, he goes, your bones, your body heals really fast. Nice. And I made a joke. I, like, I was like, Hey, it's, it's because I'm like part Wolverine, man. I got some yes. Wolverine regeneration action going DNA. on. So uh, the nose is looking really good. It's, it's uh, you know what? I just for, I forwent the super glue. It got really annoying trying to super glue <laughs> my face every day. So I'm just gonna have like a really burly ass, like lumberjack kind of scar across the bridge of my nose, yeah, and I'm cool it. with that, man. You're I'm super it. cool with that. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Jesse's a big chicks dig scars guy, so this is apropos. If you the replacements is probably one of my top five favorite movies of all time. So I will I will quote that all the time. Uh, can we do this? Okay. So I would say in the last two years, we we come back and we cycle to this, right? There's three to five fighters that are constantly mentioned on this show, you know, and this is one of them. So it's interesting yes. to me 
that something you see on social media is what the buy rate is going to be for this fight. I believe Le'Veon Bell is fighting on this card as well. I think he's fighting Uriah Hall. It's really fucking weird what's going on. There's a lot of tomfoolery and debauchery here, Jess. But first of all, uh, I am sure neither of us will be paying for this fight. So uh, (laughs) we will find it if you pick it up what I'm putting down. Like we find some of these events like I found last week's UFC. Uh, with that said, Jess, uh, give me some dots. Who you got? I think you and I are going to lean the same way here, but, but who you got in this fight? Uh, I think you and I spoke about this off, uh, off camera, if you will. Yes. And, um, I, so again, boxing, a really weird, you know, sport when it comes to the freak show fights. Uh, I think a lot of people on social media right now are, are, have already declared this a Jake Paul win. They're saying Anderson's going to lay down for the cash. And for me, I can't personally wrap my head around that. Because I spent the last decade and a half watching Anderson Silva steamroll the greatest competition in the the, uh, UFC. Becoming like, what, he defended the title 10 times or something like that? Like, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around Anderson Silva taking the fall for the bag but this is not mixed martial arts this is not the ufc and anderson silva is far far past his prime so i guess there is the little inkling that it could happen but as far as competition if you were just to break this fight down i believe that jake paul is a little bit bigger right now than anderson which is weird because anderson's used to being the bigger guy they're somewhere around the same size i think uh i think paul has a little bit of weight advantage uh, maybe coming into the fight, at least Paul just he looks will. Like a stronger dude. Paul just yes. looks like a stronger cat right now. Oh, like a and, younger, and, hungrier lion, if you will. But let's let's be real. Anderson's never been chiseled. He's never been cut up. So like Jake, Jake does uh, come into this fair. fight looking a little bit of a stronger guy. But Anderson's never looked stronger than any of his. And now opponents. he's got dad bod too. He's, uh, and, he's but just, he does have kind of a dad bod. He's embraced you, you, it now. You hit that forty. You know, you get yeah, past man. your thirties. He's on the he's he's on, he's still a little closer to fifty. He he's is on, really... he is on his way to fifty. He's like I think uh, he's like forty eight or forty seven. I think he's forty seven right yeah. now. Let's land there. Uh, but yeah, you hit that age where your abs start stop going flat or inward, and they just and then you get that weird like, even if you're fit, you just kind of have a bump, <laughs> like all the time. You just have a bump. <laughs> the, uh, this is Anderson's got the bump. He's got the bump, uh, and not the Hulk Hogan steroid bump. Remember back in yeah. like you know seventy nine, like Scott what Steiner you gonna bump? do, brother? Are you not talking that. about the Scott Steiner bump? Yeah, <laughs> the Scott Steiner bump. Uh, uh, no, if I was to break this fight down, uh, realistically, I would say the edge uh, as far as um, skill set. I honestly would give the to Anderson. Anderson's been in something like thirty pro boxing matches or. Or combat whatever. sports events with in between combat UFC, sports and then and then, and then throwing yes throwing his mixed martial arts you know, action and all that stuff skill set wise i would give to anderson youth youth obviously goes to jake paul jake paul's not you know he's only had like i believe he's five and oh <laughs> in boxing right now so this is his sixth professional boxing match and he's already fought some crazy people and he's won i mean he beat woodley and he beat uh uh, ben Askren, uh, not that that's saying a whole lot. I think you could beat Ben Askren in a boxing match. I'm ready. But the, the fact is, is uh, skill set, Anderson, youth and hungriness goes to Jake. 
And then realistically, when it comes down to it, it's like, who's the better boxer? And and I'm going to shock the world right now. I think that Jake Paul is the better boxer. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul's had the better camps. He's had the money to throw around and have all these people come in. And don't get me wrong, Freddie Roach is, is probably going to go down in history as one of the greatest boxing trainers of all time. And he's over there helping Anderson, and he has for a while. But But Jake Paul's got the money. He's got stupid money, not like Anderson Silva won some championships in the UFC money. Like, Jake I would Paul's say they probably both have. I would say they probably both have equal money. It's, I would, I would I, bet. I would bet. I, I yeah, I bet you if we were to look into it, it wouldn't even be close. I, 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 I think Jake Paul's money just is longer is longer than yeah, Anderson yeah, could even think of. But but Anderson keeps doing these freak show fights, and his his money can catch up a little bit. But Jake Paul, the king of stupid money. Like, stupid money. Anyway, I just think overall, Jake Paul's been more active, obviously. I know that Anderson's had a couple fights here and there. Um, Jake Paul's fought uh, the like three times in the last couple years. And I would like to think that Jake Paul's opponents uh, are lesser than what... I mean, Anderson fought Julio Chavez Jr., I believe it was. Yep. Who is an actual boxer. Like his box for you know years and years and decades, uh, uh, whereas Tyron Woodley is not a boxer and Ben Askren is not a boxer. But again, I just think camp wise, I think that that <laughs> gives the edge to Paul uh, on their feet. Uh, I'm going to say Anderson's going to be the the slicker one out there. Anderson's always had you know the the moves. He's got good footwork. He's got good head work. But in his older age, he's been caught. If we all go back to the uh, Israel Adesanya fight, yeah, uh, Anderson was trying to throw on the Matrix moves, and and on on occasion he would hit one, but then there were those moments when you were like, "Damn, how did Anderson get hit with that?" So if Jake Paul hits Anderson, man, I'm I'm saying it, it could be lights out. Anderson is, you know, he he can be knocked out, especially now at his advanced age and where he's at in his life. Uh, Jake Paul, like I said, like you said, he's hungry. He wants to go out there and make a name for himself. To bust it all down, I think what it's going to end up being is Jake Paul's going to win by decision. Uh, Anderson's going to look decent at times. Jake Paul's going to look decent at times. They both are going to have little slip-ups here and there. I think they both get at least one knockdown on each other. Oh, and and uh, Yes, and then as we go on, <clears throat> they will uh, slow things down a bit. Uh, I think Jake will will. Uh, I don't think Jake's given been given the green light to just go buck wild and try to take Anderson's head off. I think it's more of a um, a respect thing at, at this point in time, where Jake is gonna hammer, hammer, hammer. Anderson's gonna hammer, 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 and then we're gonna get to a decision. Jake Paul's gonna get his hand raised. He's gonna the the titles and headlines are gonna be like Jake Paul shocks the world. He's gonna make a lot of money. Anderson is going to make a lot of money and be able to continue living out his life, boxing here and there, making some more money along the way and not really having anything tarnished from, from his legacy. Yeah. There's some interesting spots here. I think the first one is, you know, as you're talking, like, are they working or are they shooting? And I think there's a scenario in boxing where there's always with promoters and judges, hey, we want the scorecards to look a certain way because we would like to have a second fight or a third fight. It's just it's a way to make more money. Um, and I can see a scenario, like you said, I don't think it's out of this realm, 
No. Or somebody goes to Anderson and says, hey, check it out. You know, if, if you have a competitive fight and don't knock this kid out and kind of have a glorified sparring match where you win five or six rounds, you guys can do this again and then possibly a third time and you're making really good, easy money. Um, I would. I don't know if Anderson has that perspective. If Anderson's just like, nope, that's not how I operate and I operate one way, which is... I've had enough of this kid, and I'm going to embarrass him. I'm going to knock him out. Who who knows? A fight's still a fight. You know what I mean, Jess? A fight is still a fight. Anything but happen. But I I kind of I kind of lean towards what I tweeted a few weeks ago when we when we discussed this online uh, in the old Twitter atmosphere, the old combat sports arena. I think we're going to have a close competitive fight. I agree with you. I think we're going to have that five or six round sway. I think knockdowns in the fight would make it really interesting as well, where the scorecards just get really mucked up, right? And uh, much like I'm going to talk about here in a few moments with Sugar Sean, we're going to have probably scorecards that are all over the place. And uh, we will have at the end of the fight a draw or a really, really close uh, you know, 10, I would say 10, nine or whatever it is, uh, what it would be five rounds, one way, three rounds, the other, or maybe it's a four, four. Cause someone gets dropped. Like you said, it's going to be weird. But, uh, I, I think again, if, if it's just a straight up fight, like if they just go, you know what, man, there's no bullshit here. There's no, there's no work and they're just shooting. And this is just a fight, man. For some reason, I really like Anderson. I just think Anderson, even though the reflexes aren't what they were, that motherfucker probably has forgot more in just the old in just fighting, just combat sports, just the you know boxing or or, or just punching, uh, than Jake's acquired in the three or four years or five years that he's been training. So I, I'm gonna I want to stay where I'm at here. I want to stay sturdy with the. I believe it's going to be a draw or really close Jake Paul win, but we're going to walk away going, man, Anderson won that fight. And this is bullshit. Anderson won that fight. And then there's the intrigue, the allure to, to pay for a second fight. That's, that's where I think we're steering. Um, Jess, I want to move over here to the uh, UFC. I don't know if it's a fight night or a fight day or if the fight's going on in two hours or four hours. And I know it's not a bad card here, but I really want to focus on this fight because we got a ton of combat sports we want to talk about as well as the NFL. But Calvin Qatar, he's fighting... Uh, is, is it Arnold Allen? Is that is that who it is again? I don't want to butcher this kid's name. Did I just butcher his name? It's not Tim Allen, right? No, it's not. It's definitely not the Santa Claus. Uh, going, I, think, I, I think it's Arnold. Yeah, is it, I'm trying to. I was oh yeah, Arnold Allen. I got it right. So they're fighting today, uh, right around this afternoon. Allen Arnold is 18 and one. Calvin Guitar 23 and six. Calvin Guitar did come off of that giggle win, and he's had some really weird fights. Um, I don't. Let me see if I can get the. Uh, I'm trying to get the the lineup really quick. Jess, who you got? Um, I I like Arnold Allen, and I like Arnold Allen. I think he's an up and comer. I know uh, he anybody that's under twenty fights, I I kind of put in that up and coming range. Yep, eighteen to one, big record. But who's he fought? Calvin Qatar has fought some of the best competition in the UFC, and possibly the toughest division. The featherweight division is and has been over the last couple of years immensely tough to just competition uh, competition wise. I got to go Calvin in this fight. 
I don't see any way that Arnold. Uh, no, I take it back. I, I don't want to say I don't see any way that Arnold uh, can win. I think Allen can yeah. win in, in several different ways, but I think that the way it goes, Calvin Qatar uses his experience. He uses the cage, which he does very well in in several fights. He just he's very cage savvy. He knows where he's at. He knows where his competition is. He knows where to put them up against. And I think that we're going to see a lot of pressure put on a, a younger Allen by a more experienced uh, combat sports savvy vet in Calvin Qatar. And so that's the way we're going to go. I'm going to go Qatar. Uh, I think it's going to be a decision. I don't think that we're going to see anything too crazy. I know that both these men are capable of stops. But I think I would I think that the way it's going to go is Qatar's just going to do more controlling and a little bit more of a dominating type uh, performance. But Calvin Qatar uh, decision win. Uh, this is a minus one hundred five Qatar minus one fifteen Allen. That's a straight up pick'em. That is a straight up pick'em, my friend. Man, I love this fight. I think I, I think I'm going to go out of my way to watch this fight today because it's on the plus. Um, Man, I want to say so many positive things about Arnold Allen, but I feel like I could say the exact same things about Calvin Guitar. And I and and here we go, Jesse. We're what 10, 15 minutes into the show, so it's here we are. I think the ultimate factor is: is it a trending up versus trending down fight? Is Calvin Guitar trending down because he's been in a lot of wars, and is Allen trending up? Now, Qatar had that fight against Giga, and I remember thinking then this might be that exact same fight, right? Is one guy trending up versus one guy trending down? But Qatar did that smart thing where he just fought more of an MMA fight, more of a, of a, of a cage exactly. fight, and less of a. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I here think that for some reason, Allen's going to be able to find a punch or a kick or a, or a mix of combination here. That's going to change the fight and he's going to be able to finish Qatar with more of that always oh, on the ground and he can jump on him and, and, and beat him up or slap a choke on him or something like that. I'm, a, I'm all in on the stock on now and my shit hasn't changed. I said the last time we've talked the last two times we've talked about yeah. him and I'm not wavering off that. So I, I, I'm all in. I think Allen stoppage and I'm going to go round one. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm going all, I'm going all in. Listen, when you got it, when you go in chips middle of the table, Jess, you go in chips middle of the table. If that happens, I'm telling you, it's gonna be a game changer for Allen because uh, Calvin Qatar at one point in time was a, a featherweight contender. Yeah, and not not that long ago. He's ranked you're number five. About, he's ranked number you, five. But you just uh, brought you just brought up the fact that he he hammered down on Giga. We and we were all in on Giga for a while, yep. for a minute there too. And Calvin Qatar came in, ex- just controlled, dominated, and pushed Giga around. That's something that we had never seen before. The Giga's uh, kickboxing style and everything like usually dominates. Like Calvin Qatar is no joke. So if Allen comes in and he gets a stop, hell, if he gets a win, my money's on Allen every time after this fight. It's a little bit of a different comparison, but we'll talk about this fight again next. I think about how with Sugar Sean last week we were saying, is he ready for the step up in competition? Is he ready to fight the elite, if you will? And I think with Qatar and Giga, it was we know Giga's fought the elite in kickboxing, but has, has he's never fought a top tier or elite guy like Qatar. And we left that fight going, yeah, well, Qatar's still elite and Giga's probably not ready for this level yet. So uh, I can see something here uh, similar. So, all right, Jess, we're going to jump right into it here. Sugar Sean, Peter Peter Yan, did you get to watch this fight, first of all, or, or are you just working off the highlight clips? 
Uh, I did not watch it live, but I've watched yes. it twice on my own. There we go. So, okay. I mean, I, I you want you want to give me your scorecard? You're on a scorecard. Uh, I gave two rounds, two rounds to one, Sean. Sugar wow. Sean, you really did. I did. I went back and watched, and uh, so I'm I'm old school when I come to like if I'm if I'm the the judge, so to speak. Yeah. If I'm the guy, the couch judge. I'm old school, man. I I grew up in that in like what I consider the prime of mixed martial arts, you know. So I I look for you know again I look for cage you know uh, cage uh, ex like savvy like where they're at the, how they how they handle themselves. I think Sean did a good job of controlling uh, his opponent inside the cage. I think. Uh, you know, uh, strikes. I think it, it was very similar in strikes. I think Peter Yan may have actually outstruck Sugar Sean. Those leg kicks were devastating. I will say that the leg kicks, uh, Peter Yan's leg kicks definitely kept him in. But you know what? I can't give a guy a fight with leg kicks unless you're taking a dude's <laughs> kneecap off. I can't give you a fight because you, you leg kicked him more than, you know, he punched you in the face. Sugar Sean had a couple of really good strike combinations. He looked really good uh, there, uh, toward, especially that last round. The last round, he kind of uh, kicked it up a notch and was trying to win that fight. Uh, the last round is the one that I think, for me, won him the fight. <laughs> when it comes to uh, the overall, I have to say that I believe Peter Yan is the, is the smaller version of Donald Cerrone. Oh, wow. He, he, he's Here just, we go. He's so robotic. And and just everything, there's no fluidity to anything that he does. You did this last I, week, so you're doubling down. I am I am doubling down right now. I, I see nothing different in this fight versus Sugar Sean that I've seen in any other PDR fight. <clears throat> and that includes when he wins. I he he throws the same combos, his leg kicks all come from the same place, no fluidity with punching. Like he's he doesn't throw everything comes, you know, squared up, shoulders, punch. Like that's how he that's how his approach is. And and it, it's worked, obviously. I mean, he he's got a, a really great record and he's looked good and won some big fights. But man, I will I'm gonna go on record as saying this now. Putting it on wax. He, he can make uh, an exciting fighter boring as fuck. Because that fight, let's face it, folks, it was it had its moments. I love that. Where I'm surprised it had its moment. It. it had its moments of firepower, but then there was this moments of like, man, what the fuck is going on here? And I firmly believe that Peter Yan is the new Donald Cerrone. He is the new uh, cowboy. He is that this robotic walk through think, everything kind of fighter. I think it's fair to if you want to say he's a paint by numbers dude. That's fair. Absolutely. That's fair. But That's he's fair. only using three colors, bro. <laughs> he he's say, using three colors. Three. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. So you and I are, are going to have to agree to disagree, of course, which happens on yes. the show. I watched it live. Uh, I tweeted all of my thoughts. I I want to say this as well. There. So I'm I am officially a Sugar Sean fan, and I I'm all I, I'm I'm buying stock now, and I will talk about how much of this stock I'm buying in a minute. But when I was watching this fight, there was a point in the second round where I felt myself, I said, saying out loud, go, go, go. You got him hurt. You got him in situations where throw to straight left, throw to straight right. Like, it's, it's there. And when I'm saying that, I'm saying that for fighters I'm rooting for. I know myself. So 
it's, it's interesting to me catching myself going, okay, well, I'm a, I'm a Sean fan. I'm all in. Did you see Khabib's <laughs> reaction after the fight? Have you seen it online? The Khabib's reaction? Yes, yes. That Khabib was basically was... me. That was basically me in a nutshell. I didn't. I did not give Sean a round. I thought the first round was competitive as fuck, but I did not think he won it. I thought the third round was competitive as fuck. I won into the last minute of the third round going, okay, uh, sure can steal this round. This is still a round that's up for grabs. I think I might have done that the second round as well. Um, and I thought at that moment, Sugar's he's here. He is here. This is a fight where even if he loses this fight, which again, in my scorecard, he had lost. He's here. He can run with the big boys. He's ready to fight the elite. Um, he he deserves to fight with these guys. Um, he's made it. So I was fucking like unbelievably impressed. <laughs> like like I again I I left that fight with a full Sugar Sean fan. Uh, if I was on the bridge previously, I was like the guy's kind of cool, but he kind of does douchey shit too. But his but his fighting style. I chalked all that, a lot of that shit up to just being young and being dumb, right? Having being young and having some money. Um, it's there. It's there, Jeff. The, what what the the tools, the intangibles are there. Um, with that said, yeah, I didn't give him one round. I scored a 30-27. Um I it's tricky, man. It's tricky because uh, you know, I didn't I didn't go back and watch it. I just watched it the one time live and that's it. Um so I'm I'm in a spot where I can see, you know, you see clips online, you start watching videos online, and people start putting the fucking, basically like a highlight reel of what Sean was able to do. And yeah, was, don't do that. If you go <laughs> if you go based off of that, you're and that's why I was worried. And this, and this is where my so. head's at when when you and I are having this conversation because I didn't know that you watched it twice, but you watched it after the fact. So you were hip to what had happened, right? You knew the outcome of the fight. You knew that. Sean won, but it was controversial. And then you won. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was absolutely. Aware. <laughs> yeah. So, so I hate that because I don't know if that kind of gives you automatic bias or not. Sometimes it does with me. I'm just saying. Sometimes there's times where I know who won a fight, and then I'll go back and I'll watch it, and I'll go, well, I see why they won it. Sometimes it's difficult for me to, to do it, as opposed to live. I'm doing. I'm scoring a fight. I'm throwing yeah. the round away. I'm going to the next round. I'm throwing the net that round away. I'm not. It's not like a pride fight where you you know the 30-27 system, the 50-45, the 10-9 system is flawed. Because you're supposed to score a round and then throw that round away. It's not like the UFC, or I'm sorry, it's not like Pride. It's not like Japan where you score the totality of the fight and go, well, that's a 60-40 or that's a 70-30. how it should be. Exactly. It's combat sports. And why are, we, why, why are we using new school rules and they're still changing the rules to this day, but still using a primitive scoring system that Jack Johnson used and they used in the Olympics in the 1900s. Like what? And I mean the early 1900s yeah. when I say that, not like 1989. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Sugar Sean, what do you do with him next? Honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like he's not ready for, he's not ready for a title shot. You don't think he's ready to fight Sterling? No. Like I, so when here's the funny thing where we differ on this fight again you you ended this fight thinking damn i'm all in on sean like sean's the guy like he's he's got everything he had you his know. rocky moment he had his when rocky I, moment he got he got beat up but he's but he's game he's, he's when i awesome. ended the fight i thought sean had won and i thought it was close but obvious at least to me i thought it was you know sean had won you know the, the fight but i left wanting to see more 
I I left not thinking, or I left thinking, man, there's still things that he's leaving on the table that he's not bringing out in his arsenal. Like there's things, and then that made me think maybe he doesn't have those things. And so I left being unsure of where Sean goes from here. We just showed him a ton of love. (laughs) I know, right? So I I, look. I think that Sean is ready for. Uh, bigger competition. I don't know how much bigger you can get than Peter Yan, to be honest. I mean, b- besides, besides a fight with Sterling. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know because there's a, there's other competition. And uh, what about Cheetah? What about a rematch with Cheetah? Yeah. I mean, maybe even. I mean, I think that that that's probably, uh, especially from a, a fan standpoint, probably the fight that you need to make. That that both those guys have kind of come around. Uh, yeah, they're at so so that, and that's gonna be a tough fight, man. Because Cheeto's no, he's no joke. Like I don't know, I don't know where he's been training at, or who he's been training with, or if it's even the same camp. Been training with Action Bronson, but he looks, he looks like a different fighter than he did, you know, even a year ago. Like which is, I mean, if you keep up with the sport and certain fighters, you say. Like, okay, like, you know, we got used to a time period where it was like, oh, George St. Pierre, here we go again. Like, same old watered down. Like, he's going to come in. He's going to take you down. He's going to ground you out for a little bit. He's going to win a decision. Like, we kind of knew, you know. But, like, then you see some fighters, they switch camps. Sometimes they're more dynamic. Sometimes they're less. Well, whatever Cheeto's doing, like, he's far more dynamic than I remember ever seeing him fight. So, I think a fight with Sugar Sean would be – a huge test for both these guys, but well, I don't think it'd be, gets... it'd be a rematch because remember yeah. that's that's Sean's loss, but he broke his foot in that fight. It was weird, yeah. like something weird happened. But I think that at this point in time, like uh, I think that you gotta you know possibly set that fight up. I I, I don't want to see him go against a Nurmagomedev because I think that he would just get ragdolled by mm. any one of them. Like, let me give you let me give you like three class. options right now. Let me give you three yeah. options. And so you, they didn't rank them. Let me rank them. And give you two options, and you rank them. Uh, one rematch with Yawn. Two uh, Sterling. Three Cheeto. Give me what what you want to see those fights. I think the best capitalization would be a rematch with Yawn. Right, that's one. I think the second would be a rematch against Cheeto. Wow, you want And then I think the third, the third would be Sterling. And and the funny thing is, is I think the first two fights lean the the opposite i think they lean yawn and i think they lean cheeto Oof. If the, uh, and i think if, if they I rematch think if he, yawn, you I gotta go five rounds because yeah, the yeah rematch has, it has to be five rounds Any what's, fight fun, what's even funnier i think that if he fights sterling he's probably one of the few athletes in that division that can match sterling's length and size yes. and speed yes okay so, so you see wrong. how Again, folks, we go. say we say every single fucking show styles make fights, yes. and, and that's we. I just said he, uh, are, yes. Sean beat Yon. Yeah. Now I'm saying that in a rematch, Yon has the advantage. I think Cheeto has the advantage. Like MMA is a crazy ass sport. Come on, styles make fights. Okay, so you're about to start sipping on this Kool Aid, and I'm about to fucking pour you a full glass. So here's what <laughs> I would do if I'm fucking um, Sean's people, and this is what I would do if I'm Sean. I start calling out Aljamain right fucking now. That's the fight to make. That's the big money fight. And when are you going to ever get a chance to fight a champion again? This You've had issues with your 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 body. You've had issues with um, injuries. Dude, this is it. The, you, Vitor Belfort won a championship at fucking 19. 
You want to be the prodigy? You win this fight, you are going, and listen, I'm being real with this, you're going to Connor levels. They will push you to Rousey levels. They are dying to make new stars, Jesse. Every time we do these shows, what do we say? They're dying to make stars. Someone's got to replace Nagani. Someone's got to replace fucking Connor. It's Sean. Sean's the fucking guy. He is He is their MJF, if you will, Jess. Banger's another Ooh, like wrestling. That. There's our wrestling reference here. Um, and also, stylistically, dude, I love that fight. I love that fight. Uh, very long, very lengthy. We've seen Sterling knocked out before. I know it's been a while, but we've seen it. Um, and I just love that fight. I love that fucking fight. I don't know how he does in a rematch versus Jan. I don't know if I love that fight. And, no. I, don't know, and I don't know how he does in a fight with Cheeto because Cheeto might be stock all the way the fuck up right now as well. Both these guys might be fighting real soon, possibly for the belt. But I, if I'm Sugar Sean's people, I'm like, listen, this is the fight to fucking make right now. We don't fuck around. We start asking for Sterling right now. And Sterling was taught, was 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 mentioning uh, Sugar Sean after the TJ fight, which we'll talk about next. So yeah. that, that fight's there to fucking make, Jess. I don't think you fuck around. I think you go right to the championship fight. Because, again, he fucks around. He fights Yon. He gets knocked out. He gets beat. The, the scorecards differ. You can't do it. He fucks around, beats Cheeto, who you said right now is kind of steamrolling. Yeah. That, that might be a stylistically a bad fight where we look back and retrospect and go, well, damn, Cheeto was just better than Jan two times. Might be, a, uh, you know what I mean? Might just by, might be his foil, if you will. Um, let's keep it moving because we will be talking about Sugar Sean for the next <laughs> few weeks, I'm sure. Yes, we will. TJ versus Sterling. There's, the, I don't really want to focus on the fight here, Jess, right? I want to focus on the politics of the fight, right? Because yeah. I'm just finding this shit out. So TJ didn't get a show win money. He got just a show money. He's got one of those old throwback contracts from Lord knows when. Danny was handing these out to the Noguera brothers and shit. This fucking guy got 200 grand regardless. So, I mean, listen, we've been doing, this is a conspiracy show today. Let's let's put our Tim Fall hats back on here. You don't mean to tell me that this guy's shoulder popped out how many ever weeks ago? And he goes, well, I can't pull out because I haven't fought in 18 months or 12 months or whatever it is. I got I to gotta fight now. I got to get paid now. And that's a guaranteed 200 grand. Even if I just show up, I'm getting my 200 grand. Why in the fuck wouldn't TJ show up? Why wouldn't he? Why, why in the fuck wouldn't he just basically show up, do the job? Wouldn't you? If you were guaranteed money, and then, and then, like, I mean, yeah, if my leg for 80 broke, and 80 and 40 and 40, and you, if my on. leg broke, so I'm saying, hey, I'm gonna wear this wrap to my fight. So, just like, just he's, got you guys Kenny, know, heads up. he's got the Kenny Omega shoulder thing wrapped around. Exactly. He's got the. <laughs> Remember when Omega came back and he was wearing like a dry fit that was like packed. Just- <laughs> He's he's wearing his high rollers. Um, Omega looked like he just got out of a fucking lab. Like they had to put him back together. So TJ shows up and he tells the ref uh, right before the fight. Yeah, so my shoulders popped out 20 times this week. I don't know what the fuck's going on. If it pops out again, don't even trip. (laughs) I'm just going to keep fighting. That fucking happened, Jesse. That, that, That was a legitimate conversation that happened. What in the fuck are we doing? Okay. This is less about TJ's a piece of shit, and this is more because I'm I'm not saying that. This is more about um, (laughs) take care of these fucking fighters, take care of these guys, and 
and maybe TJ gets a little fucking off the books money or gets a little fucking 50 grand or 70 grand from Dana on the side and you get him out of that main event and you stick somebody else in there and we get a competitive fight and we don't get this and we don't have these conversations. Yeah. This is where you got to take care of the fucking fighters. I'm sorry. That's it. I Jess, unless you got something else to say about this fight or something to add on, I ain't got shit else to say about this fight. Look, I just, I just want to add this one piece. Uh, so after finding out some of the stuff that has happened, like before, during, and after the fight, like th- what I think is this. I think Dana told TJ, hey, man, this is your last fight. I don't think that he gets in. I don't think he fights again, mm. at least not in the UFC. Uh, he, I don't think TJ fights at all. I think that Dana says, hey, take this one fight. This is your one shot. This is your, this is your Balboa moment. This is your moment to try to ride out in style if you can. If you win, we'll give you a little two, three year deal, but if, it's not going to be anything, yeah, like anything exactly. close to what you, you're making here. You lose, fucking, there's no way I ever paying you 200 grand ever. Exactly. So, so TJ knows he's injured. Dana probably knows he's injured. He lets everybody else in the OC know he's been injured. He says, Hey, I need this. This is my going out party. Like, and, and as, a, as a man, especially a, co- a combat athlete, your pride is through the roof. So he's like, there's no fucking way in hell. Like I'm not fighting this fight. So he goes in, he fights, he loses an arm. He gets the arm back. He still gets dominated. I think that it was kind of like, uh, I mean, we talked about a lot on last week's show, how we thought the fight was going to go in general. And then TJ loses. It's over. If you notice the, the fight stoppage was quick and clean. There was no like, there wasn't like a lot of extra. That referee stepped in like three fucking times. Oh yeah, like, everyone in the world saw that shoulder fucking. Hanging they out. they they were you fucking know, slab of bacon hanging out of his shoulder. So they were they were in to make sure and protect TJ from any further damage, and I think that they did a good job of that. TJ collects his money. I think behind closed doors, TJ and Dana make some deal where uh, TJ ends up being another. You know, another anchor on one of their, you know, <sighs> UFC this, that, That's or the other fair. shows. That's fair. And and then and then TJ gets to write out saying, "Hey, look, man, I did this for a living. That's fucking crazy. Like, I fought people for a living. I made a lot of a lot of money Damn, fighting TJ. people for a living, and now I'm on TV talking about fighting. So yes, that's G- what TJ, I think. And 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 please name this show Combat Sports Conspiracy Theories. This is this is what That's we did the entire show. Please name That's this the title. Show. So, um, why wouldn't TJ go to fucking Japan where he can fight a bunch of 135 or 145 or 155 pound guys? Or I guess it'd be 155ers, and just do all the fucking steroids that he wants. Why in the fuck wouldn't he do that and make good decent money? He's a big American name. He's a former UFC champion. He'd fucking it, make, it would be decent go money. Go Ryzen. And fucking get off the plane, you fucking pick up the juice, and you just start fucking, you just keep it moving. But let's be real. If you, I mean, I don't know how often you check Ryzen's roster. I don't, but I just come across it's the crazy horse. Know, and... I come across some, and I'm looking at some <laughs> of these guys on this roster, and like Ryzen has some legitimate, you know, featherweight, bantamweight, lightweight guys. Like, he's there to do the job. He's there to and put I, those I'm guys over. I'm not sure if TJ can even hang. I mean, he's going to pick up a win here or there, but then he's going to have a loss here or there. It's Japan, so they don't really care about wins and losses. I mean, if you grew up in Pride days, losing a fight wasn't the end of anything. Like, you still got cheered, and you still got a paycheck, and you still got to go on and fight, like, a couple months down the road. Like, J- Japanese fans are the best fans in the world. I'm, I'm saying that right now. I don't care if you disagree with me or not. Uh, Japanese fans are the best fans in the world. They love everyone. 
They're uh, cool. So TJ could do that. He could go to Bellator and get his ass handed to him by AJ McKee. I mean, he could go and uh, he, he could stay in the UFC and continue to try to fight. But I'm telling you, like I said earlier, man, these three lightest weight classes in the UFC are almost heads and tails better than any other weight class yeah, that's a good point. In, in MMA. Like, it, these it, guys are killers, man. You and, I, you and I have been on this boat for a while. Yeah. But it really kind of depends on what you like, right? Like, what is your uh, what's your flavor? You and I love, and we're good with guys that are under 170, 155, 145, 135. We can have these conversations all day. You and I have been having them. Much like 15, 20 years ago, you know, I'd be like, I want to talk about Marco Antonio Barrera. I want to talk about fucking Morales. I want to talk about these smaller guys. I want to talk about 135ers, 145ers in boxing. Because even though they're smaller, this is where the action is, if you will. Um, that hasn't changed, I think, in combat sports. You're always going to get the most action out of the smaller dudes. Uh, Jess, let's hop into the let's hop into the main event here because we're going pretty long on the MMA. Let's do it. It's a strong combat sports. 40 plus minutes. Um, I think this is kind of where you were right and I was wrong, right? Because I think did, you won Islam and I was still drinking the Charles tea, or did did you go Charles? No, I, I, I went man. Charles too. I went, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think we, we, we both drank went. the tea, we drank it all. And uh, listen, Islam's, we said it, Islam's the future. We thought he might be, it might be a little too premature, if you will. We thought he might be biting off a little bit more than he could. But, uh, man, they made a whole big deal about this million-dollar camp. They spent a million dollars on his camp. Did he just have, like, a really expensive diet? Like, who, who in the fuck did he have in this camp? Did he have Liberace in his camp? He was, like, he was eating who, emu Did he have a Bad Bunny concert during his Oh, damn. What, that was his, what, his whole walkout music every time he came to came to score was just Bad it, Bunny. Where, where is it where you're spending a million dollars? In any camp, like Deontay Wilder, these guys that make $20, $25 million a fight, they don't spend a million dollars with a camp. They might spend 500000 might spend seven hundred. I mean, you know what I mean? But yeah, a million dollars, you got to be kidding me. Uh, Jess, I mean, I, listen, he kind of got, Charles kind of got steamrolled. He was competitive. He was, he was, he was live. Um, but Islam is just kind of. The, he's just kind of the future. I don't know what to say that hasn't been said about this guy. He's been blown every which way but Sunday the last seven days. I don't know who beats him. I'd like to see a Charles rematch. I really would like to see a Charles rematch. Um, I want to say this, Jess. Charles has had a strong two years of taking risk and them, for whatever reason, not costing him fights. He took risks against Chandler. He got dropped against Poirier. He got dropped against Chandler. He got dropped against Gaethje. He takes risks in fights, and just he's been able to survive because of his jiu-jitsu, because of things like that. Um, it, this fight, he took an enormous risk. He threw a flying knee from kind of wide, anticipating Islam would shoot, which I can understand because Islam was kind of dumb, starting to dominate on the ground. And uh, Islam throws a beautiful hook or straight right hand or both. It was beautiful. It was quick. And that was the difference. Um, Islam choking out Charles that quickly. I know some of the MMA nerds are making a big deal out of it. And it should be a big deal made out of. Because Charles is a high, 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 highest level grappler. 
some would say the highest level, and this is why he's been able to get away with the risk he's taken the last few fights, getting dropped and going to the ground and calling guys out. No one wanted to chase him to the ground. Islam slapped that fucking choke on him, high-level choke, and Charles immediately tapped. Um, fucking impressive. It really was fucking impressive. But Charles taking those risks. Hey, it's a fight. You take risks. It happens. Um, you got any additional thoughts on this one, Jess? I mean, I think that there was there was maybe one time in that short period of time that Charles had a chance to win. I think it was when he was going for the uh, the arm and shoulder choke there, the triangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had an opportunity. I think he rushed a little bit. I think he was. Uh, uh, I think that he was running because when you're in jujitsu, you kind of try to run through the next step before you actually hit it, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to yep. you want to be prepared. The next move. And so I think he was just maybe trying to get a few steps too far ahead, and and then uh, adding to the fact that Islam is a, he's a strong he's strong as a bull, he's strong like bull, he's strong like bull like us. strong like bull million dollar training million dollar I I disagree with the million dollar training camp I I I'm I'm taking I'm taking bets out that's a that's a lie that is a lie. I guarantee there's no way you can spend a million dollars on a camp. There, I just don't know how it, unless, unless you give everybody off? unless you give everybody in your camp. A fucking Maserati or some bullshit. Like, I mean, they're all driving around fancy ass cars. Like, and you bought them, you paid for them. That's the only way you get a million dollars out of a camp. There's no way. But uh, uh, I will say this: Islam looked good. We've been, we've been, we've been sipping on the, the Islam Kool Aid for a while. I think it's, it's time gulp. that we. I think it's time gulp, to. Time. Oh yeah, it's time to get a, get your 64 ouncer ready and just suck Super that thing dry because yeah, because uh, he he's the real deal. He's striking. Uh, if I, if I, I mean, I think uh, Khabib even said it once. His striking's better than mine. I, I think so, and yeah, I think man. that it, that it one too was deadly. Uh, that one, that was, I'm telling you, that one too was fucking deadly. He's he's strong like bull. Like I said, he hits like a fucking Mack truck, and he's got submission skills to go along with that impeccable uh, wrestling background. And then here's the kicker, man. He's coached by who I'm going to call right now the best coach in all of mixed martial arts right now. Heavy. That's Khabib. That's the GOAT. That's the Eagle. He is the man. I, everything he's touched turns to solid gold. Uh, uh, we saw Bilal Muhammad win his fight. Guess who coaches Bilal Muhammad? Yeah. Khabib. We, we saw a couple other guys win that night. Who, who, do, the, who do those winners? Who are they coached we, by? We saw we, guys fighting in the stands. Who are they coached by? Khabib. Uh, the guy with the beard in the stands Bye-bye. obviously was being coached by Khabib. Like he went out, you know. Look, it man, is what I'm it telling is. you. I'm telling but, you, Khabib, yeah, right. Khabib's he, amazing. I mean, it's an it's it's a good argument to make, yes, and I think a lot of people would agree when you now look at that stable of guys that his dad and you shout out, you know, rest in peace his yes. father, who was kind of the anchor of those guys. And the moment he, he got that belt, you saw you heard you heard him say, This is for Khabib's dad. Um, so he was the true anchor, and then Khabib kind of came in and is in, in, you know, took over, if you will. The arguments there to be made, Jess, when you look at that stable of young wolves, and we've been saying it a lot of the MMA you know, junkies, purists, nerds, if you will, they've been saying that camp has just got killers. It's only a matter of time. The time is now. If you uh, so who was it? I want to say it was Darren Till or somebody. Uh, social media shouted out, said, "Hey, Khabib, uh, can you coach me?" Yeah. Like he's got guys right. coming out of the woodworks, you know. Like, and and here's the thing: is like it's always when you're being coached by a well-versed coach, it's all about the attention to detail. 
And you can go back to his fighting days. I mean, Khabib didn't leave any detail untouched. And that's the way he coaches. And from what I've heard and read about, all of his, his athletes, his stable, they absolutely adore Khabib. Like, he has become, he has become the father of representation. So. Fair but firm coach, those AKA guys. All right. Uh, I have the lines up, Jess. I am not going to allow you to spend a lot of time on bad games. No, we need to get through this. That's <laughs> fucking happening. Okay. Quickly, uh, let's touch on Thursday night. And more importantly, let's touch on Tom Brady. The guy's just going through some shit, right? Just straight up. The guy's going through some shit. We're older, Jess. We've had our hearts broken. We've, went, we've been through some things. We've soared with the eagles and we've slithered with the snakes, if you will. Do you have any Tom Brady thoughts? No, I mean, the only one that I that can come to mind is I just wish people would lay off Brady. Like, this is just coming from a, a man to another man. Like, I just, I wish people would lay off Brady. Like, I, I think a lot of us have been down, you know, certain roads, especially relationally. Uh, it hurts, man. It, it knocks your whole world around. You've got the whole world saying, oh, look, he chose football over his kids. He chose football. It's look, an easy man, joke to make. I made it myself. It, I get it. But the thing is this, man. Coming to, making a choice to come back to football for one last season does not make or break anything. There is obviously more to this. We don't know. Oh, you're right. Uh, everything you're that we've right. ev- Everything that we've seen Tom Brady in the past is that he's a very loving father and he's been a very caring husband. So whatever's happened from then till now is not one year worth of football. Okay. It's not, I'm, I would, I would bet my pension on that baby. So uh, I, I, I just would like to see people ease off of Tom and just be a little bit more humane about this situation. As far as football goes, the Buccaneers stink. They're not making the playoffs. They're oh, not boy. making no runs. They have a terrible offensive line. Brady's getting beat up all the time. His receivers are dropping <laughs> yeah, passes. Yes. And the defense yes. is probably – the defense was the best part of this football team. They've now lost two key cogs to that defensive wheel for the season. They're done. I think that you're nailing everything here. But most importantly, his receivers are fucking dropping balls. And much like Aaron Rodgers' problem, if these receivers were just making the catches because the balls are there – we might be having different stories, and these games would be different swings. Let me go incredibly optimistic on you here, and I don't think it happens, but boy, would it be incredible. And boy, <laughs> would every dude that's been through some shit in their 40s go buy a TB12 jersey. Could you imagine if somehow Tom Brady rises from the ashes, puts together a little five- or six-game win streak? That division is absolutely mid and they win going like nine and eight or some shit like that. And all of a sudden, their defense is healthy. The receivers are catching balls. And Tom Brady is back in the playoffs for one last run. It's, it's, it, the story is there, Jess. I don't know if we revisit it, but the, sto- the, the, the groundwork is there to be laid but who knows who knows if okay. it's gonna happen it's gonna happen in that division because that division is absolutely mid okay so speaking of mid here are terrible games we're gonna rise go. right through these bitches the denver broncos and as always guys we're using all your favorite gambling websites here two and a half dog on the road the jacksonville all right two and a half point favorite in london jesse we got 
Uh, road game, not really. But you know what? Russell Wilson has been through a shitty week. I'm gonna go Jacksonville. I think Trevor Lawrence rises to the occasion. He puts yes. he puts the ball in his hands, and he wins the game. Jacksonville wins. Um, to touch back on something you said last week, they run the ball really well. And I know they're all in on fucking ATN now. They are now. Um, they're they're, they're James Robinson. They are um, somewhat sneaky, elaborate. I like what they're doing. I like Jacksonville. I like the points. This feels like a six, seven point win. Another two terrible teams, Carolina Panthers. They are a four point dog. Atlanta Falcons are a four point favorite at home, Jess. Who you got? Just go uh, quick. The, just go quick. It's a terrible game. Okay, I, just for the sake of the lines, I th- I think that Atlanta probably has the better team. I'm gonna go Atlanta. I I, I don't like the points, so I'm gonna say it's like a three point win. Probably yeah, go late this, late in the game. There's a lot of bad games this week. I wanted to mention that. That's ugly. That's an ugly game. But yeah, that's. I like should the, not have to think twice about that kind of game, but I just did. That's this, ugly. This feels weird to me, and this feels like a weird like. 17-14 game where Atlanta wins with a field goal at the end. So I like Atlanta. I don't like the points. Um, I'm trying to bounce around because I want to stay away from some of the sexy games here. Um, the Miami Dolphins, three and a half to a four-point favorite. They are on the road. Detroit Lions, they continue to score points. They continue to give up a lot of points. Who you got? Yeah, I got even on the road. I got Miami in the points. Two yeah. is back into his mm-hmm. system. He looks like he's got his head on his shoulders once again. Mm-hmm. Miami rolls. Yeah, keep him upright and he's good. This feels like a six, seven point win for Miami here. And Detroit's going to continue to stink and get beat. Um, this is what I'm going to consider a sexy game. I'm going to skip it. All right. Uh, New England Patriots, they're in a two and a half point favorite on the road against the New York Jets. Very interesting. This feels like the Belichick sneaky game. What do you got? No, I absolutely hate that. I hate the line. I I I got the Jets, That's man. Special. I got the Jets. The Jets. Zach 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 attack is is back, baby. He's doing his thing. Uh, they they uh they've already replaced Brees Hall, who's out for the season. So yeah, the run good. game shouldn't. It's not going to be as dynamic, but it's not going to be that bad. I think that they keep plug and playing guys. Uh, Robert Sala's got something going on. The Jets are not contenders, but they have something going on. They win this game. Yeah, Jess and I are on this. This is a first upset special. I know two and a half isn't a lot, but it feels kind of like free money here. New England is Jekyll and Hyde, and there's my Halloween reference for the show. Um, Sometimes they look good, and sometimes they just look like shit. And this was like, again, ugly game. 17 13 2014. I like the Jets. I like the points. The Las Vegas Raiders are on the road. They are traveling to New Orleans. They are a one to a one and a half point favorite on the road, which means Vegas wants no part of this. Who you got? (laughs) I don't want no part of this. Me neither. I you know what I'm gonna go Raiders. Yeah. I think take the, I think Raiders take the points. I think Jameis Winston's still not playing. The Saints uh, look they look just offset with their offense. The defense is trying the best they can, but you know when the offense can't put points on the board, uh, I think Vegas eventually is bound to get things right. Maybe mm-hmm. this is the game they do. Here's the steer the ship game. Shout out to our boy Brian. This feels like a three to a four point win to me for Vegas. And this is going to be another heavy dose of Jacobs. A lot of play action, which Carr works incredibly off of. And another wouldn't be surprised if Carr has a 250 to 300 yard passing game. Uh, and they win by three to four. Uh, I'm jumping back in the line here. There's two later game or early games. Let's discuss this. Shout out to boy Chris W. Powers. 
The Cowboys are a 10-point favorite at home versus the Chicago Bears. This defensive line versus this offensive line, Jess. I don't feel like there's really much more to say. Who you got? Uh, like we just mentioned with the New England Patriots, the Bears steamrolled the Patriots this last week. But you know what? It's because the Patriots are terrible. They do have a quarterback controversy, and I can never pick a team that has a quarterback controversy. Justin Fields is the guy in Chicago, but again, I do not trust Justin Fields for anything. No. Do not put him on, on my team. Chris, I love you, bro, but you can have the guy. I, I hope that you get this quarterback uh, position figured out soon. In this game, there's no way, man. Dallas's defense is their defense is way too. It's rough, man. Defense is the key to Dallas winning. And now they got Dak back, and he did not look great in their last game. But you got to give the guy some playing time. This is a fantastic game to stick Dak in and just let him just let run him through the motions. Let just him let him go. Dallas, Dallas by double digits. Yeah, Dallas double digits. Dak Cooks gets back on track. He looked kind of bad last week. He's got a thumb injury. He's working. First game back, man. He's always banged up, man. He's always banged up. Big Tony Pollard game with Zeke being out. This feels like the CD game. This feels like easily Dallas gets a defensive touchdown. Um, I don't think the Bears score 13 to 17 points. I know they looked real cute against uh, New England. That shit ain't happened against Dallas defense. Um, uh, I love this game. This, to me, is the sexy game. Um, The Arizona Cardinals on the road, they are a a three-and-a-half-point dog to the Minnesota Vikings. This, This, to me, is the game, Jess. Who you got? Um, you know, we, we've already been, we've already given out a couple right to ship games. I think that this is, this is that for Arizona. I think Ooh. we're going to see Arizona put everything together. D hop is officially formally back in. He's had practice time. He's had a game under his belt. He's ready to go. Kyler's going to feed the monster. And then as far as the run game goes, we all know that Arizona kind of lacks in that department, but the offensive line keeps Kyler upright. I think the Arizona rights the ship, at least for this game. They shock the NFL world for the day, and they take down Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it took us a minute, but here's one where we disagree. I like Minnesota, and I like the points. This feels like a touchdown win to me for Minnesota. I, uh, good defenses, great defenses. Give Kyler fits, and this is where we're at. Minnesota puts up points. I can see this being something like 23 to 27, 23-30. I like Minnesota. I like the points. I'm hopping around here back to the 10 o'clock game. We're still at 10 o'clock games. Pittsburgh, they are an 11 to a 10 and a half point dog to Philly. Oof. Who you got? Well, Mike Tomlin has handled this season as well or if better than any coach I've ever seen handle a season that he's in. And again, we love Mike Tomlin. So I'm just, yep. uh, Philadelphia. I, you know what, when I think when Pittsburgh played Buffalo and they were down like double digits, I said, nah, you can't be, uh, I'm not doing that again. Pittsburgh is unfortunately terrible. I think Kenny Pickett is possibly the future quarterback for this team. I think that he's, he plays well. He's kind of exciting guy. He's got some swag, uh, like a, like a, uh, goodwill, you know, version of Joe Burrow. You know, he he kind of brings a little swag. He's got a little bit of fire in him. But Philadelphia is Philadelphia, man. They just went and picked up some more pieces. They traded yeah. off some draft picks. They're like, hey, man, we're all Champions, in on this yeah. season. Can't we're winning the championship it. now. We got better. So you can't take a team that was already undefeated, make them better, and expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to, to you know, keep it in the single digits. Pittsburgh loses. They lose big. Take the points.
I I feel like this is the first time in forever that we've seen Pittsburgh be double digit dogs a bunch of times throughout the season because this feels like the third time that we've talked about them being like a incredible nine and a half ten. Yeah, I like Philly. I like the points. And you're right, Jess. You can't take an undefeated team and stick, make them better via trades. Um, this might be the game where Pickett's able to get a little bit more uh, feel of the NFL speed. And this might be like, the oh, he had a great passing game, but still threw a bunch of dumb interceptions because he's just still trying to figure shit out. Tennessee Titans, three, two and a half across the board. Uh, they are on the road. They are a favorite, and they are playing the Houston Texans. We love the Texans. They are our lovable losers of the season. Who you got? They are the lovable losers. Shout out to Justin Von Doom. Like, Houston Houston Texans are our lovable losers of the season, man. We love this team. But they're not very good at football. Uh, the, <laughs> Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans have somewhat righted their own ship. Again, yes. we're going to use this phrase again. I Mike Rabel's got these guys it. rolling. Uh, you know, they're ahead. They're the, the leaders of the AFC South right now currently. And I don't see that disappearing anytime soon. I've got, uh, tennis or, uh, yeah, the Tennessee Titans, uh, take them and the points. Yep. Same. Uh, this is going to be the, uh, big, uh, we're going to see Tennessee rush for like 180 total yards of offense or some stupid like that. Um, Indianapolis Colts, they are a three point favorite at home versus the Washington football team. The Washington football team has went full. Nobody believes in us. Just who you got. Um, I believe that they've now officially gone away from Matt Ryan. I've, I heard yep. at one Bench point for the time, rest of the he's, year. he's literally listed as the third string quarterback Bench for right the rest now. of the year. Uh, Sam Ellinger, I believe, is the quarterback this week. I I like Ellinger. I liked what I saw in preseason. But, folks, it was preseason. He was playing against nobody. Now you're playing against real NFL defenses. Uh, I can't take the Colts in this game. I just can't. Hey, shout out to Coach Frank Wright, who must be a fan of the show, because we've been shitting on Matt Ryan for as many weeks as there's been football. <laughs> so, I mean, what else are we doing? This is how you, this is how you come around and figure out the rest of your season. By sticking the kid in and figuring out if he's going to be the guy. Because Matt Ryan clearly ain't it. It'll be interesting to see where Matt Ryan ends up next year. Or if he is, yeah, or if he is just like, yeah, past Tamarino, I got a bunch of stats. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. I'm everybody in the fucking Super Bowl. I'm out. Um, Yep. Like, uh, I like, I actually like Washington in the points. I'm going upset. Taylor passed me a Heineken. Heineken, man, he's going to get this game. The fucking nobody believes in us. They're going to run the ball well. Don't let Mike Rivera fuck around and run the ball 20, 25 times on you because he will. Um, All right. Uh, December here's the sexy game. So okay, we've got four games left. I'm gonna go unsexy, unsexy, and then two sexy games. Um, the New York Football Giants. They are on the road. They're a three point favorite. I'm sorry, dog. Seattle's at home. They got three, so it's kind of a pick 'em. Jess, who you got? You know, uh, I hate to do this to Coach Dable, but I'm gonna pick Seattle. I think there's something magical going on in Seattle right now. Like it, I keep it's hearing got, this. It's, it's got kind of like an angels in the outfield feel right now, you know, yeah. like, you know, the Geno's being led by like a, like a spiritual being of some kind. Like they're, they're playing, they're playing good, man. Kenneth Walker, the real deal running back kids. Yes. He's just beasting on people. 
DK Metcalf probably won't play, but I think in a way that actually helps Geno because he doesn't have to target DK. He can now pass the ball around a little bit. And Geno uses those wheels when he when he has to. You know what? I'm going to say it, man. I think Seattle goes, the, they get this win. God, this feels like another game where the Giants are. It's like 17-14 and the Giants have the ball in the fourth quarter and find a way to fucking get Saquon involved or get that fucking sneaky tight end. What's his name? Fucking... Not Jock Bellinger. Peterson. Yeah, Bellinger, not, Cody, but... not Cody Bellinger. Not the Dodgers Cody Bellinger. No. Other Bellinger. No, the other Bellinger. Um, I, wonder, I now wonder if they're related. I'm all in on the Giants. I and I, I'm not excited about it because I really do hate the fucking Giants. But I'm taking Bowling shoe ugly, right? Come on. You, <laughs> dude, you know you want it. Dude, we've, again, listen, <laughs> we've spent several years battering Daniel Jones. And now all of a sudden, Daniel, they're... New York media is finding a way to go. Not so bad. Not so bad. Could be worse. Are they gonna? Is are the Giants gonna fucking pay this guy? Nope. What are we doing? Nope. He's got to come back to earth. The Giants have got to come back to earth. I don't know if this is the game, but uh, East traveling West. Uh, yeah, it could get interesting. Okay. This feels like 2014, 17, 14 late Giants win um, with a fucking last two or three minute drive. All right, um, let's bounce here. Three sixty games. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, they've got McCaffrey. He's got a week under the fucking guidance of that wild coach. I see Pickham. I see one-point favorite San Francisco on the road against the Super Bowl champion, LA Rams. And everybody says this. I've been saying it for two years again. I said it last year during the playoffs, Jess. There's going to be a lot of fucking 49er fans in that stadium. Who you got? You know what? I'm taking San Francisco, man. I think uh, I, I still I still haven't seen a whole lot from the Rams. I know Stafford is slowly putting some things together. I just don't think this is this is the year, man. Uh, the the Rams this ain't their year. Uh, San Francisco just picked up another weapon. Uh, the the offense should be running a little bit smoother. Garoppolo is going to kind of know where the ball placement is for McCaffrey a little bit more now. I expect San Francisco to go in there play. Again, just play that 1970, you know, five type defense, you know, run the ball a lot, make short little passes. As long as Garoppolo doesn't turn the ball over more than one time, San Francisco wins this game. Yeah, the Niners need to be running the ball 30 fucking times a game now. You got to get Debo awake 10 touches. You got to get that other kid a handful of touches. And you got to find a way to get fucking McCaffrey 15 to 20 touches. That's 30 fucking that's 30 fucking times you're getting the ball off to these guys. They're too talented. And then you get the tight end and then you mix in Ayuk. They got a lot of fucking talent. The the Rams defense is still great, but they're not going to fucking stop this offense. And uh I like the Niners and I like I think they win by I think it's just something like 27 to 17. I think it's that big of of a of a, I think it's messy. All right, Jess, we got two games left. I'll do the Monday night game quickly here, and then we'll talk about your Buffalo Bills. We'll have our hashtag Bills Mafia here, and we'll close it out. The Monday night game is going to be the Bengals, and they have officially righted the ship. They're a three to a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road versus the Cleveland Browns, and it feels like Watson is knock, knock, knocking on the door here, and I don't mean a masseuse. I mean the actual playing field. Jess, who you got? Uh, yeah, that, that time is coming soon. We will soon see Deshaun Watson in a Cleveland Browns jersey on the field. But for now, what we're going to see is Joe Burrow. And we know what Joe Burrow can do. 
We've watched him play. We've watched him go to a Super Bowl. You know what we haven't seen? We haven't seen Deshaun Watson in a Super Bowl. We've seen Joe Burrow in a Super Bowl. We've you seen him almost win a Super Bowl. Up. So here's the thing. Uh, Jamar Chase, I believe, is injured. Yes. Jamar Chase is not playing. That does worry me a bit. Maybe a bit more than a bit. But in this game, luckily... The Cleveland Browns defensive uh their their defensive prowess lies in that front seven, not so much the back. So what I'm thinking is that <laughs> Joe Burrow will still be able to to get plays downfield. Boyd, uh, you know, will catch the ball. Higgins will catch the ball. Maybe he starts passing around to some of those tight ends he's got and Cincinnati paid so much money for. And let's not forget Joe Mixon is incredible with the ball in his hands, whether he's catching it or running the ball. I'm still gonna go Cincinnati. I love so many unders here. It's pathetic. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I like the Bengals. I like the points. If somehow Cleveland can run the ball with don't hit that blunt Kareem Hunt and our boy Big Chubb, they keep it competitive. If they can keep it again, something bowling shoe ugly, 14-17, 17-20, it'll be a ball game. They'll be in it. But I think Cincinnati slips away late. I feel like this is a – 2024 game that ends up being 2030 or 2330. I like the Bengals. I like the points. Jess, I don't know if you've heard this one yet, but this is the first time in several, several years that Aaron Rodgers is a double digit dog. He's traveling to Buffalo 10 and a half across the board, Jess. Yeah. Uh, the Packers also have never beaten Buffalo in Buffalo. I really? mean, and that it, yeah, no, they're Ever? 0 6, 0 6 Holy in Buffalo, shit. and I don't see That's that changing. surprising to me. I I do not see that changing. This game is uh, this game is a you know, I, I had tweeted it like you know, some people would say a, a bit of a passing of the guard. You know, Aaron Rodgers has had wow. his time. He's had a Super That's Bowl. <laughs> Josh Allen is now Josh Allen. The Bills Jesus. are now the Bills. We're where we're at. Let's just bury fucking Rodgers. Rodgers looks absolutely uninterested in playing football right now, at least with these guys. He he I think he hates these guys. I think he hates the players. He he absolutely detests like who he's throwing the ball to. Uh I think that the the reality is that the Packers have failed Aaron Rodgers, and now Aaron Rodgers is is ultimately failing the Packers. If you aren't willing to put talent on the field with a Hall of Fame quarterback who is still playing great football, this is what you get. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is on those shrooms, baby. He's like, ah, oh, take me away, brother. Like he's he's Zever. he he is out of it right now. He wants he's to be in an alternate life. reality where Devontae's back and his receivers. He, he's field. literally, yeah, man. He's looking. He's like, damn, I think I see Devontae down there. I'm going, Devontae. I'm coming. I'm coming. It's a leprechaun. Like. Uh, you know, I I hate to do a double digit against Aaron Rodgers at all. I know, right? Aaron Rodgers. But this Bills team is stacked and packed and jacked to the gills right now, and they haven't even made any moves. I I don't expect Buffalo to make any need moves. To. By the way, they don't, need, they don't to. need to. They've got everything they need. The locker room chemistry is one hundred percent. Everybody's playing high powered football right now. This uh, Packers, the, the you know what. Alan Lazard, the leading receiver and touchdown guy in Green Bay, he comes out in the national media. He didn't talk to the Packers. He didn't talk to Aaron. He came out to the media and goes, oh, hey, guess what, guys? I heard a weird snap snap in my shoulder, so I'm not going to play Sunday. What the fuck is going on in Green Bay? 
They have absolutely <clears throat> fallen apart. Players don't want to play. Aaron Rodgers is out there. Like, I mean, he's I saying, think that Rodgers kind of still trying to make some plays. on podcast, you know, guys might should be benched. Guys should yeah. lose reps. I, you're fucking with guys' money when you start saying shit Ugh. like that. You really are. You're fucking yeah. with guys' money when you start saying that. No, it's it's bad, man. Green Bay, I've never seen Green Bay. I, I don't know if I've seen too many franchises be where Green Bay is at right now. That's tricky. It is, it is the lowest of the low, and usually when you're there, that means the other team is probably going to kick your ass. Fuck yeah. And when the other team is led by Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and Von Miller, yeah, you're probably going to get your ass kicked. Definitely yeah. take Buffalo, definitely take the points. Yeah, I was going to try and talk you into it because I thought for a moment you were going to fucking, you were going to come off of this, but no, dude. This Buffalo team is this hashtag Bills Mafia team is no mercy. They throttle you. They want to beat you by thirty. They want to fucking step on your neck. They truly want to fucking put you out. Um, you thought Aaron Rodgers has been frustrated the last two games? Wait until this fucking press conference when he gets Ugh. beat by when he gets beat by fucking twenty five. This is a, this is an absolute slaughter. I don't think Rodgers fucking has a chance in hell. And uh, as you said, you want to talk about a team that looks disinterested? Wait till they get out there in Buffalo and they're fully fucking exposed. We're going to have a full week of guys on television going, look at this guy not giving a shit. Look at this guy not giving a shit. Look at this wide receiver fucking taking this playoff. Look at this fucking linebacker. I mean, you you have guys like Aaron Jones who should be an all-pro running back. The The guy's basically Christian McCaffrey. Last game, he had something like two catches for 23 yards. He only rushed the ball like six times for less than 30 yards. Hey, like, Jess, it it's hard to run the ball when you're deal. down double digits. It's hard Oof. to run the ball when you're down double digits straight up. Like, it, just, it is what it is. I like Buffalo. I like the points. And I and I, I don't like what's going on in Green Bay. I think we're in agreement there. Jess, that is every game. We hit them all. Hit the wrap it up button. There we go, folks. We gave it to you again. Super heavy on mixed martial arts. I don't think we've gone that heavy in in some time, but you know, there's things to talk about. So we wanted to discuss, discuss amongst yourselves now. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, please. Jason at Valdez spelled backwards five five nine. You can find me at JTT eighty one. And again, we're starting to we're starting to get some momentum on the that other sports show Twitter page. Uh, please hit it up at Team Toss 21. Folks, thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed. Please comment anything about the show. Go to Twitter. Hit us up. We'd love to reply to all you guys. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the fights and football and uh, World Series. Yeah. You know, hey. Let's go. World go Series, Phillies. baby. We're, go, go, we're, we're going Phillies, Astros. Go Phillies. I got the Astros in this game. I, no. got the, I got the Astros winning the series, though. Bryce Harper ain't shit. Wow. <laughs> I forgot you hated I, that guy. I, All right, I, let's I, wrap it up. I love you, Philadelphia. All right, folks, later. We're out.